Hey, this is Laura Whitmore with the She Rocks podcast, and today I'm talking to the wonderful, amazing, and super talented Lindsay Sterling. Hey, Lindsay. Hi, it's good to talk to you again. Yes, you too. I'm I'm in the holiday spirit now. I'm ready. Oh, good. Holidays. I got you. That's my life to get people in the holiday spirit. I think we we need that earlier than ever. So it's a good thing, you know. Well, thank you. But um, congratulations on the release of your new album, Snow Waltz. And um, share a little bit with me your, your inspiration behind the project and, and yeah, how, how you approached it. I mean, well, I love Christmas. I, I always have. And working on my first Christmas album was like my favorite album I've ever written. Just the process of working on it was so fun. You know, doing Christmas tours year after year. So much fun. It's like such a special thing to get to go around and spread Christmas cheer every holiday. And I, I absolutely love it. And it just kind of felt right to do a second one because, you know, here we were about ready to plan, you know, our fifth Christmas tour off of the same album. So we're like, well, let's you know, let's switch it up. Let's get some new music here. And um, so, yeah, it, it just felt right this year. And I'm now so, so excited to get back on the road to, to share it. Yeah, it's probably a good thing to add some more songs to that repertoire for you, too, to keep it fresh and exciting. Absolutely. Awesome. Awesome. And speaking of that, like you do this wonderful, fresh take on some songs we've heard like our whole lives. Like, how do you kind of approach where you want to go with the music? You know, it's it's always like a fun challenge. It's almost like you you get the song, you get the assignment, and then you're like, okay, well, how can I do this in a way that's never been done before? And so after listening to a bunch of different versions of it, I'll just start to imagine up. And, you know, and it's kind of fun to like, I love so many different styles of music. And so it's like, you could go endless directions with all these songs. And, you know, on Feliz Navidad, I leaned super hard into flamenco style music which to me just made sense it's like why has no one done this in a flamenco style before like it's a song from mexican culture so it should have a like let's lean into mexican mm. culture and so, you know some of the songs just felt very natural and you know joy to the world i love celtic music and so i i think it's like the happiest style of music to be honest and so it just kind of felt right to like do joy to the world in what i felt was the happiest you know music style so, um, so yeah, it was it was really fun to try to take these all in super different directions. Yeah, I, I have a big smile on my face listening to you talk about that because I, I did feel that joy coming right through you to, into the music. Oh. So it's pretty awesome. Okay. I I also love the original music on the album, and I think that song "Magic" is like super brilliant. Can you just <gasps> like share a little bit about the inspiration behind that song? Yes. Um... You know, I actually got kind of the idea from church. I was in church and we were discussing um, the difference between happiness and joy. And mm. we were all sharing, like it was just a discussion and everybody was kind of sharing how, yeah, like there have been times in my life I was thinking where I've been really maybe even sad, maybe going through a time of loneliness. But at the same time, I, I had joy in my life, like you know, that comes from like that inner deeper place that's not situational, you know, mm -hmm. and, um, and it took me back to some really key moments of my life when I felt that. And, um, and so I wanted to write a song about capturing, like magic and joy that even when you're going through a hard time, you know, you can still realize that there's magic in life, and it's going to be okay. And you can have hope and even happiness. Um, 
And uh, so I, I wrote a poem, and then that's kind of where the lyrics came from. And um, it's actually my favorite song on the album. Yeah. So. <laughs> well, I just I just got to chill with you talking about that because that that is like a very deep thought about joy and happiness and. Oh, thank like, you. Like sometimes we get stuck in, you know, what we don't have or something, but there's, there could still be joy around us and in us. Yeah. Right. It's really all about what you focus on. Like, you know, I don't know if I, you know, like I've, I don't know. It's like if I want to be in a relationship right now, but I'm not, I can either just focus on that all moments of every day or I can mm. realize I still have that in my life. And yeah, maybe sometimes I'm a little bit lonely, but I live a rich, full, happy life, you know, and, like you can still have joy even when things are hard yeah and, and it gives me a lot of strength when I like refocus and you know because I don't always you know but I try to yeah it's interesting I was talking to, I can't remember who I was talking to about this but they said something like you can't wait until things are good to be happy like oh, there's, so good. there's always that. something right <laughs> Absolutely. There's always going to be something, but also on the flip side, there's always something good. Like mm-hmm. I love that quote about how, you know, there's parallel realities that we're constantly living one of yeah. lack and one of abundance and like, which reality are you going to focus on? Cause they're both ever present. I guess that's the glass half full or half empty. <laughs> yes. That, that's perspective. A to put it. I yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I actually think like being able to feel and see the joy in your life is like, exercising a muscle too like, 100%. like the more you can force yourself to focus on it the more it comes naturally right yeah I mean that's why I think gratitude journals like they're proven to like change mm-hmm. people's lives there's so many studies because just the same way you're saying like a muscle you know you go to the gym you work it out and it gets stronger like by every day writing down things you're grateful for you're actually working out like neurons in your mind and creating pathways that become more usable and stronger and quicker and they fire faster and so you actually are like working out your brain to learn that pathway more than it goes down the negative pathway okay so we need the Lindsay sterling ted talk about how to ah! find joy in your <laughs> in your life <laughs> um, i'm such a nerd i really do love like wellness books and I love listening to like podcasts about like better I'm just such a nerd like that I think it's all fascinating <laughs> yeah that that is it is really fascinating because I think sometimes people just feel stuck in in you know their their space or their world and you know maybe they maybe you're right just writing a journal can change your whole perspective I mean a hundred percent and I mean and I think the reason I'm so passionate about these subjects and you know, learning about this stuff and talking about it is because years ago I was so unhappy. I was, I was anorexic. I was extremely depressed and like hated myself Mm. and just thought that's how life was. You know, I just accepted that that was my reality and like, you know, too bad for me. And if, but through kind of learning, first of all, that I had an illness and that I needed to get help, you know, and then getting help and then you really working on my brain and my mind and changing my inner dialogue and writing in gratitude journals, like these little practices, like slowly, but surely absolutely transformed my life and the way I feel about life and myself and other people. And, you know, so it's like, I've, I've watched it happen from a front seat and my own experience. And so it's like, I just want to share with people that like, yeah, we all feel stuck sometimes, but that's not your future forever. Like Mm -hmm. you can change. 
Yeah, totally. I I'm I love that thought and and I think anything we can do to help people realize like it just takes one small step in the right direction to help yourself move yeah. to a new place, you know, mentally, physically, whatever it is. Yeah. Sometimes Absolutely. it just seems, seems so overwhelming that it's hard it's hard to imagine yourself out of that space, you know. Right. Well, yeah, it totally. It's like if you're trying to just change everything all at once, but it's like if all you just do is one little step every day, like one little thing, take one practice on, whether that's like talking to a friend every day, you're going to you're going to trust somebody, you're going to talk to them or whether you're going to write in a gratitude journal, just all these little things, they they slowly make huge differences. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So I wanted to ask you, like, I can tell, like, you ha- you wrote a song about crazy for Christmas. I can tell that you love Christmas. Like, what was Christmas like for you growing up when you were young? Oh, Christmas is such a magical time. Um, my parents always made it so special, you know, like, um, I don't know, because we, we didn't, like, so many people, we didn't have a lot growing up, but at Christmas time, <laughs> we were rich, and my sisters and I joke about this, where it's like, we couldn't afford a microwave. Like we didn't have one growing up. And I used to think microwaves must be so expensive <laughs> because we could never afford one. And then when I like, you know, kind of grew up and realized like, Oh my gosh, like that's a, that's a basic household item that everybody has. And like, they're not expensive, but you know, my parents just didn't buy things that we couldn't afford yet. My mom would save up and would make the most magical Christmas for us. And we would get like a lot of presents, you know, for, for a family that really didn't have hardly anything. And my dad was working paycheck to paycheck. And so somehow my mom always made it so magical, whether she was making us things for Christmas or, I don't know. So we always joke that we were rich one day of the year and it was, it was Christmas. And, um, you know, and, and it's not all about the gifts. My parents also taught us a lot about like, we would do service every Christmas and pick a family to Mm. like, you know, do nice things for. And, um, you know, it, it just was a really magical time for us. I think too, like you're right, doing nice things for other people, that actually can help you get out of a, a bad, you know, mental space in your own life too. Cause that feeling of, you know, helping someone else, is, it's good mm. medicine. A hundred percent. Absolutely. Yeah. It kind of takes you out of your own problems and it's, um, yeah gives you those like very natural endorphins yeah yeah that's really cool though because I, I think you know as kids you're right you, your perspective you, you don't really know like what is this normal is this not normal um so um kudos to your parents for for just making it really magical and special for you and and then you're yeah. carrying it forward by making it special for all the listeners <laughs> out there. <laughs> I try. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you started playing like super young, right? Like five years old. And I was, yeah. yeah. Did you have like a, a very little violin? <laughs> I did. I had one of those little, little itty bitties. Um, and yeah, I started playing. So it feels like I've always played. Yeah. I've played so long. It's just part of you. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I was wondering, like, if you could go back and talk to your like five year old self, like, what do you think she would say to you now? Oh gosh, if if little five year old Lindsay could see what I do now, I I don't even. I think my mind would be absolutely blown. I didn't even come up with like kind of a game plan. I just liked the violin and just played it, but I, I had no idea where I was going to go with it, or I didn't. I wasn't like I'm going to be, you know, a rock star. Like when I was a kid, I thought, oh, I'll be you know, an orchestra. 
And so it, I would just be mind blown. I think the thing I'd be the most excited about is the costumes I get to wear, honestly. <laughs> As a child, I would have been like, wait, okay, cool. I play in front of people, but I get to wear those sparkly things. That's when I would have gotten really excited. Yeah, I think that's every little girl's dream. <laughs> Literally, I, I'm like, I get to play professional dress up. Like, what? I probably dress my Barbies up like you do now. So, yeah, I could see that. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, that's really Certainly. cool. I think, you know, it's so interesting. Tell me, like, how did you I mean this is you've probably been asked this before but maybe my listeners haven't heard it and I don't know the answer um sort of how did you take that leap from you know classical training into more popular music with that instrument because I always find it interesting when people like learn an instrument in school or something and then they're like hey why can't this be in popular music you know trombone shorty he's like out there making it happen with the trombone like when did that happen for you You know, I think there was like several moments, but the first like kind of click light bulb was um, I was like a senior in high school and I did a pageant. Um, It was called the Junior Miss Pageant. And I was just trying to earn scholarship money for college. And there was, you know, a talent portion of the pageant and there was several violinists. And I was like, oh, gosh, how am I going to stand out? We're all playing classical songs and, you know, who's to say who's the best of us I don't know and so it's just like oh gosh how am I going to stand out and um I I said to my mom I wish I could do something fun like I wish my talent was more fun and I think she was slightly annoyed with me because she's like I've paid for violin lessons your entire life and you wish you had a more fun talent um and so she kind of shot back at me like well then make it fun Lindsay you know why don't you like the dancers why don't you to kind of jump around and have fun on stage and and so I ended up writing a rock song. I, I ditched my concerto that I was planning yeah. to play. I wrote a rock song and then I did that. I, I, I wasn't, I didn't know how to dance. So I kind of just like skipped around the stage and I, I did these choreographed movements that were more to be comedic than cool. But, you know, it was almost like a little Charlie Chaplin violin routine. But, but the reaction I got was just like people were like were smiling, they were cheering, they were laughing. And I was like, oh, my gosh, there's something to this. I, and then when I, you know, I just decided um, in that moment, I was like, I got to figure out how to make this my life. I got the performing bug right there on that stage and knew that my future was set. That's really profound. Like that was a, a really, you know, obvious shift for you. Yeah. And. and- You know, that's so interesting because maybe like, I mean, I love classical music personally, but it can be kind of hard to relate to for, you know, some people, maybe especially people who aren't musicians themselves. Um, So maybe you found a way to make that instrument more relatable to the audience. Yes, and I'm right with you. I love classical music. I think it's so amazing and so beautiful. Um, And I have so much respect for it. But there was something about... I, I didn't want to just impress people or I, I wanted to entertain like I, and I realized that was kind of what changed things for mm. me was I want to make people smile and laugh and I wanted to give them an experience that at the time I didn't know how to do with classical music. I'd only been taught to like stand there and you play and you play it perfectly and that's the only way it's right. But with the kind of music I do now, it's like it's more about expression and less about perfection. And, you know, it's much more me. Yeah. Yeah. And well, that's, that's a really cool story. I love that. Do do you, um, you must get a lot of, um, you know, younger players who are inspired by what you do. 
Yeah, like lots of like families will come to the shows and, you know, they'll tell me that, you know, they picked up the violin because of me or, you know, parents will say their kids are about to start. And that's really exciting. It's really fun um, to, I don't know, feel like what I did maybe gave somebody else the ability to do something that they're going to love. And, you know, because there were definitely people along the way that, you know, many people that inspired me and, you know, I'm here today because of them. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. That's very cool. I, you know, I was thinking as I was listening to your new album, Snow Waltz, that it sounds very cinematic, almost like there could be like a storyline behind it or even a dance special. Um, with, were you thinking about that when you were creating like the arc of the music? Um, I definitely was going for a more cinematic approach this time. So I'm glad you felt that. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, I, I just love cinematic music and especially I, I wanted to just kind of create a lot of emotion I think to me the most cinematic one and and I'm glad that it's probably the most cinematic is um oh holy night because I I just wanted it to share like a glimpse into my faith which is a big deep part of me you know and it's mm-hmm. like so I wanted it to feel emotional I wanted it to express like um what light is to me you know and my my testimony of the savior like jesus christ and the sacrifice he made um but the nice thing is is it's instrumental and so that's what it means to me but to everybody that hears it it's going to mean something different Mm -hmm. yeah i mean i guess i guess for the holidays you you want to have like what do they say visions of sugar plums like you just want to have like this vision in your head sometimes when you're listening to the music like where is this going to take me you know (laughs) yeah totally yeah um tell me about the upside fund i was reading a little bit about it and um can you share what that is and why you're involved uh yeah i you know i years ago i started i guess just paying fans medical bills it was um after my father had passed away and you know, he passed away right after Christmas. And so we spent the holidays in the hospital with him and it was really hard. And it was, you know, just a, a very dark holiday. And I just, the next, the following year, all those memories were coming back of like, oh gosh, last year I was sitting by my dad's hospital bed. And I just, my heart just broke thinking of all the people that were there and, you know, that my fans might be there. And I just went on my Instagram story and said, hey, I want to help people who are going through this um right now and like here's an email address and you can send me an email saying you know what your hospital bills are and like share a bit of your story and i'll help you pay them anyways i got hundreds and hundreds if not like thousands of emails and you know we went through them we helped as many people as we could and after that i decided to make it like an official an official charity and so now it's uh, every christmas i do a big holiday giving where I help pay people's medical bills. Wow, that's that's really cool. Yeah, because you're like literally going through like the worst time of your life during the holidays. Yeah. You're supposed to be like the most joyous, and then having to deal with a bill too is just the terrible icing yeah. on the cake. <laughs> exactly. Like who knows what the outcome was, but it, regardless, you know, you're stuck with these astronomical charges, and it's you know, I don't know. I I wish our medical system was different, and yeah. you know. Some- but until then, I'm just going to help people kind of crawl out of them. Is there anything that listeners can do? Do you take donations for that fund? 
Yes. Uh, so anyone listening, um, you can go to my website and there's a part of it called the upside. Um, you know, there's a section of it uh, that leads you to the upside fund page. And um, and yeah, people can go there to request. You know, they can go there to say, hey, I'm in need. I, I need help. Or you can go there to donate. So it's like a, I, I've loved it because for my fan community, like I always let them know it's a place you can come to give or receive. Cool. Awesome. So one last question for you. I, I was um, speaking with another artist recently and we had this whole conversation about fear and like, you know, stretching yourself to take a leap of faith and, and push through even though you're afraid. And do you feel that do you ever get nervous on stage or, or worried about your next step? A hundred percent. Oh my gosh. I get so nervous, especially like Right now I'm in the phase of learning new choreography and getting ready for a new show. And I'm kind of in that spot where I've done this enough times now that I know it's going to be fine. You know, I'm like, okay, but you always feel this way. Like I always feel overwhelmed and like, ah, it's impossible. I'll never be ready. You know, this is too hard. Like all those feelings and I'm going to make a fool of myself in front of everybody. But like I said, I've done this enough times now that I'm like, Hey girl, you're going to be fine. And I can like talk myself through it. I can, um, you know, I can get through it now. And I'm, I'm really grateful for, I guess, just experience and time. But also, you know, I, I do a lot of things now before the show that are kind of like rituals that help me get there. I, mm. I do breath before I go on stage to calm my nervous system, because otherwise I go out there and I'm like shot out of a cannon and I'm way too amped up. So it's like breath work kind of calms me down and resets me. So there's a lot of things I do. But um, yeah, I, I think after doing so many things and learning different skills throughout my career and trying new things and challenging myself. I've just learned that that feeling of, Oh my gosh, this is impossible is just part of the process. It's like usually actually just step one. And when I kind of remind myself of that, I'm reminded, Oh yeah, this I've been here before. It's just step one is that feeling of this is terrifying and impossible, but it'll like get past it. Yeah. I think too, like, um, you know, learning how to trust yourself and knowing that you can get past it. Cause it is kind of sad when people stop at step one, right? They feel the fear and then they're like, yeah. nope. <laughs> like how many wonderful experiences have, have we all missed out on because we were just a little too afraid to try or how many amazing skills or arts or, you know, different things aren't out in the world because someone just stopped a little too early and they didn't get to discover that, Hey, you could, maybe you're great at that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think it's great to hear, you know, people like you still feel some of that because I think people imagine that you get to a certain level in your career and you don't feel those things anymore. And I think that that's not true. We just know how to manage it better. Absolutely. Yeah. No, it's, Okay, well, awesome. It's been so great to talk to you, and, and congratulations again on your beautiful new album, Snow Waltz. And we'll share links so people can uh, can find it and listen. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for just such a nice, insightful interview. I really appreciate your questions and your time. Oh, yeah, thank you. Okay, well, enjoy and have a happy holiday. Awesome, you too. <laughs> okay, bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.